you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Lockdown Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, and I want to thank you for making Lockdown Indians your first listen every day. Lockdown Indians is free and available on every podcasting place. We're the number four podcast in China, uh, up to 121 in the United States for baseball. Down. That's right. We dropped to the fourth fourth uh, most listened to podcast for baseball in China. Uh, apparently, that's where the true fans are, uh, China, uh, for this podcast. I didn't realize we were... So big over there, but hey, uh, thank you to those listening. For those who don't know me, as I stated earlier, I am Jeff Ellis. I've been the host of this for every single episode you have ever heard, not counting bonus episodes that pop up in the feed. But I've been here recording, talking, uh, meandering. You know, I had a nice talk on Saturday night with the Mad Thinker. I talked about on yesterday's show, who did say that when I start to do these too much by myself, I get a little too meandery. So let me know. Do you like the meanders? Do you not like the meanders? Do you like when I go... Wait, like when I did the Connor Graham uh, and then that draft class a few weeks ago. Uh, let me know. You guys help direct the show and where it's going to go. Uh, speaking of the show, let's start off segment one talking about the Cubs. You're like, what? Uh, this isn't Lockdown Cubs. Why would we talk about the Cubs? Well, I hope you are paying attention because we need to talk about the Cubs because they have four finalists for their general manager and two of them. That's right. Two of them are from Cleveland. Uh, Carlos Rodriguez, the Rays Vice President of Player Development and International Scouting. Jeremy Zoll, Twins Assistant General Manager, who I kind of wanted to look. He's the youngest of the group. He's only 32. Part of me wants to look at Zoll and be like, did he come from the Indians as well, just because we know the Twins' background? And then the two Indians guys, Carter Hawkins, Cleveland Assistant General Manager, and James Harris, Cleveland's Vice President of Player Development. Personally, Harris is the one I'd hate to lose. He would be a great hire. Uh... I think in terms of what he does with player development, he has really helped the Indians revolutionize their player development. He has done a lot to help with... He was an outside hire, uh, if you don't remember that. I'm trying to remember exactly where he came from. I should have done this beforehand. But, you know, he was an outside hire, someone they brought in to the Indians, and he has been fantastic. Uh, he has done so much for them uh, in terms of being the farm director, uh, you know, I, I see guru, things like that. He had an NFL background uh, when he came in. He had uh, been with, uh, let's see, so he was biometrics and nutrition in Nebraska, the University of Oregon. Then he was with the Philadelphia Phillies, a stint with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And with the Pirates, he, uh, I believe he was part of like the Million Dollar Arm, like that uh, reality show. He did some things, but he has been all over. He is incredibly, incredibly intelligent. Um, and on top of being intelligent, uh, a, a central part of their development, he is a person of color, which is important, and it's a good thing. And when all things are being equal, uh, you know, hiring a person of color is a smart move for your organization. Uh, just because there's not many in that position, and I know this is going to make very a lot of people very mad just stating that because there are those who think uh, you're trying to um, do affirmative action here. It's not even that. I mean, this is a sport that is... Uh, James Harris 
is worthy of this job. James, if I if you're like who do you who would you prefer to lose, James Harris or Carter Hawkins? I would prefer to lose Carter Haw- Hawkins. Uh, it's no knock on Hawkins. I've heard some good things about his time with Cleveland, especially when I was in and around the minors. I heard much, much more about Harris and just how smart, intelligent, and what he brought to the organization when he came in. I think, you know, either one would be a great hire, but I think for me, it's a significant, and I was talking with other people and we all agreed, we'd much rather lose Carter Hawkins than James Harris. Now, with the way that everything has gone for the Rays, Carlos Rodriguez would also be a very strong one. I don't know Jeremy Zoll as well. Uh, he's honestly the one that I have the least amount of knowledge about. But I think, you know, you, you look at this situation and there's a reason why two Indians guys are their top choices. And you go back to last year at the Mets and think about that situation where their number, what, number one, number two choice was from the Indians. And that Minnesota Twins team that their assistant general manager is Jeremy Zoll, that, uh, you know, they're the number one guy there, former Indian. Uh, the Indians management tree is as rich as any management tree in sports in general. And again, I, I think just because of the situation, the Rays with Carlos Rodriguez might be the, 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 the choice. You know, they've done a very good job there. Uh, they're in the postseason again. But you are the Chicago Cubs. You know, you are in Chicago. You have, you know, struggled with some of your player development. Prospects have not really come across and developed for them the way they had hoped. They were the most conservative drafting team. They took almost no upside risks after they won the World Series, and they got nothing to show for it. You know, they took guys that the Indians would have liked. It could see Thomas Hatch being right up the Indians' alley, and they didn't really have much to show at the end of the day for that. Uh, so getting someone like Harris who has that history, I, I just think it's the right call. And, you know, in a city like Chicago, if they hired an African-American manager, that matters. That stands out. That's something that would be immediately eye-grabbing for that organization. And baseball isn't, you know, always, you know, sometimes people are trying to win the new cycle. That helps them win a new cycle, but I, I also think it helps them win as a team. Again, personal view on this situation uh, is I'm okay losing Carter Hawkins. I'm going to be disappointed if they lose James Harris. I think that he is, I think he's a star and I think he'd be a very intelligent hire. And like I said, talk to multiple other people. We all had the same agreements. Carter Hawkins, he's done the work. He has earned the role. James Harris is something truly special. So that's what we're talking about the Cubs. That as soon as next week, we could find out who's going to be uh, the new GM, and you know the Indians failed to make the postseason now for the second time in three years, and with that, you know they still have half of the choices here. And if the Mets had their way, Chernoff would have been their GM last year. They wouldn't have gone through the situation they're in. Uh, it doesn't always work out. You know Neil Huntington, hey, he took the Pirates in the postseason. I think sometimes people uh, give his run there some flack, but. Remember how bad the Pirates were for how long? Remember how big even making the postseason was? Uh, we can discuss uh, the time in Colorado um, with I'm completely blanket on the dude where uh, I was not impressed with his work at the time there, uh, Dan O'Dowd. So yeah, it, it's been a mix. Uh, like I said, the Twins, I think they're pretty happy with their situation. 
uh, other players of other manager types. I'm trying to think who went out to Arizona a few years ago and is still bouncing around. Who came from uh, like a smaller shop in the Cleveland organization. It's the place to go. Like it is the farm system for management and development uh, for a reason. There's a reason why the tree is so broad from Cleveland. And part of it, I mean, for as much negativity as I heap on the ownership, the best thing ownership does is stay out of the way and let smart people do their jobs. And that encourages, that allows them to hire very smart people. It allows them to keep the smart people they have. And uh, it sets up for, again, the front office in Cleveland is pretty much the gold standard when it comes to baseball. So we're going to take a quick commercial break here. We're going to come back, talk about more things Cleveland Indians slash Guardians in a second. And that sponsors rockauto.com. You know them, you love them. The place to go and buy parts and stuff for your car. I'm going to be buying windshield wipers from them. I know I've said it before, but I just keep forgetting. Hey, I got a, a newborn at home. What's your excuse? But all, in all seriousness, I will be buying from them. And in the little how did I hear a box saying locked on. I'll probably actually say locked on Indians just to give myself a little bit more credit for it. But why am I going to buy? It's cheaper and it's something that's easy to install. And that's what I always talk about. I am a car idiot, but you can use Rock Auto to get things like filters, to get things like windshield wipers where the overhead is huge. Those are items you buy, you know, you only get your oil change. Like, oh, we'll change your wipers. You are paying so much for those wipers in terms of overhead and installation. Uh, you're probably going to end up paying like 20 bucks for an item you can buy over Rock Auto for five to six bucks. Install yourself with the help of a YouTube video. That's that's the genius of Rock Auto. Go there, check it out for yourself. Remember, when you go to rockauto.com to let them know we sent you. So that would be to write in that little, how'd you hear about us box? Some form of locked on. Rockauto.com, reliably low prices. Make sure you let them know we sent you. So we're talking about the, well, before we talk about the Cubs some more, I did want to take a second. Uh, This is not to bury on Quincy, very nice guy. We interact on Twitter. So I just want to take a second and kind of explain uh, how my mind works. Because I know the pronunciation issues are an issue. Uh... I'm ADD and dyslexic. Uh, I've been pretty honest about that before. Unfortunately, the way my mind functions is I get a name stuck in my head, and if I don't think, like I have to legit sit down and think to say Karin Jock instead of Karen Jock. Uh, I think I probably say Quantrell, like the Raiders, instead of Quantrell. Uh, you know, I, I get things stuck in my head, and then uh, unless I concentrate, I say a name wrong. It's not that I am not watching. It is not that uh, I don't know that I'm saying it wrong. It's I am unfortunately unable to correct myself unless I am actively always thinking about it. Uh, I am. This isn't to defend. Well, it's to defend it. Yes, let's be honest. It's not to uh, say. Well, I'm not. I don't need to get. I need to work on it. It's something that I am trying to do. I understand it's frustrating. I get that. Uh, it frustrates me when. Uh, you know, I hear someone talking about something and they don't know. Uh, so it's it's in that same vein. It's like someone who doesn't know the material they're talking about. So I understand. And I just want people to know that, uh, yes, I I know I mispronounce things. I am trying. And, uh, you know, again, I don't have any ill will. I think Quincy is a great guy. He's just the latest person to say it. So I just thought I would address the elephant in the room, as it were. It's just that problem where I see a name. I I decided I had to pronounce it in my head. Unfortunately, I have been unable to pronounce things my whole life. Uh, it's why, uh, as a super nerd who started reading Star Wars books in the seventh grade, I look at it as Coruscant instead of Coruscant, even though um, I've also listened to, in my youth, just about every one of my favorite Star Wars books on audio. I just, I can't, 
correct things unless I think about it. So that that's the reason for the pronunciation. I just thought I'd take a moment and explain that. Uh, again, I, I understand if you're frustrated with it. You have every right to be. Just know I am legitimately trying uh, by sitting here and doing things like Karinchok, Karinchok, uh, Karinchok. That's why I was glad again when this is the problem too then. Then I get into it where I'm not sure which one's right. That's why I was happy when Jordan L. was traded to the Rays because he was another one. Because then that's the other problem. Is then I debate, wait, which one is the right one? In my mind. Uh, but that is just a moment there behind the curtain. So let's talk about this Cubs team some more. Okay. Uh, Quincy also asked me about a Wilson Contreras rumor. So we're going to take this and run with it. So Wilson Contreras is probably the most obvious Cub left who could be traded uh, Jason Hayward was pretty awful last year, and he has a very bad contract. He was pretty good in 2020. I don't know if they could have found any value. I mean, it's just, that's crazy. Like, you go and you look at Jason Hayward, and 4.6 war, 1.9, 5.3, 3.1, 4.7, 5.6, and that is through his age 25 year. So through age 25, I and mean, he was a 4-5 to five win player on average, uh, closer to 5. And then he signs that deal with the Cubs. That mega contract, 1, 1. 1.1, 2.1, 1.9. Last year's 1.7 was his best season as a Cub. I, I have no idea what to make of that. That's one of the oddest things I've ever seen in general. I, I knew he'd been bad, but I hadn't realized he had been like that. Like he went to a below league average player. He went to not below replacement. Uh, he was almost below replacement last year, but it's not like he's even hurt and... They got to pay him for two more years. Yowza. So let's talk about this Cubs team, though, and Wilson Contreras. So Wilson Contreras is the, he's a rare player in the fact that he is a catcher who plays a ton and his managers stay healthy. 117 games, 138 games, 105 games, 57 in the shortened year, 128 this year. That is a lot. His worst OPS plus during that time, a 106 last year and a 108 this year. Uh, and on top of playing catcher, this is a dude who also just gets hit a lot. He led the league in uh, hit by pitches. He had 14 in 2020. He had 14 this year. He had 13 in 2018. Now, he hasn't been an all-star since 2019. And 2019 was definitely, at age 27, his high watermark. He is in kind of a bit of a decline. Uh, the only thing that holds me back from being like, yeah, he would be an interesting person for the Indians to chase is a pure rental. Now, he could be good enough where he's more than a rental. And he can also be a situation where when you uh, sign him that if you give him the qualifying offer, he could accept, but that would also make him a very expensive player. And Cleveland's uh, history of the qualifying offer is they don't want that. I think he's an interesting player. If we go over to the trade value site, this is one of those things where I just feel like it hasn't been updated. They give him a value of 14 war, 14 war for one year is very high. Uh, that seems I could be positional uh, value if you were to go over and look at the Indians, like players worth 14 war uh, as a comparison point for like a trade. And again, this is just, it's it's a reference. It's nothing more. But it'd be like trading a Med Rosario uh, with multiple years of control. Uh, Prospect-wise, Bo Naylor, Daniel Espino. I mean, uh, Naylor is a 16.4. Espino is a 17.5. But still, uh, I, I guess that feels rich to me. But again, Catching market's terrible. You go and you look at Contreras' value. Hard hit percentage, 86 percentile. Exit velocity, 88. Barrel, 73. Walk percentage, 73. Whiff and K percentage are bad. Those are dark blue at 5 and 10%. But 
but chase rate's only 55, his framing's a 68, his sprint speed's a 64, which, I mean, positionally, I bet that is amazing. He does a lot of things well. I don't know, again, if he is the perfect guy for the Indians because it is essentially a rental. Uh, he is arbitration eligible and then a free agent in 2023. But it's still worth checking out this Cubs team because, again, their new general manager could end up being someone from Cleveland and a GM, uh, or if you know it's Harris, who's in charge of player development, probably prefer prospects he knows, prospects he helped develop, prospects whose habits he knows. These are players he knows the best and are going to give him the best chance at success. It also maybe makes him the player, the person the Indians would least want to trade with because uh, he knows their prospects as well as anyone, and you can't sell them, you can't sell him a lemon. But uh, if we consider this a team that, you know, what could they trade? What isn't nailed down? I, I always come back to Ian Happ. Ian Happ didn't have his best year. Ian Happ has two more years. Uh, he's making 4.1. He's going to get a little pricey. But even in his off year, like what is he had a 103 runs created plus. He is better than league average. Uh, his careers, careers, his career runs created plus is a 112. He's not a great defender. If I ever, of course, I closed out the Savant page, but let's open that up and discuss. I know I talk about him maybe too much, uh, Ian Happ, but it's two years of team control, and you can you can just put him in left field and forget about him uh, if you wanted, uh, especially if you're not going to move. Uh, Ahmed Rosario out there. If you're going to keep him at shortstop, uh, it might make more sense to uh, to go out and get. Now, I know half has played center field, but I think long ter- term and really just not even long term for the best value in terms of his uh, production. He just left field. I mean, that was always the talk. He was a second baseman slash left fielder when he came out of the University of Cincinnati. That's right, former Bearcat. Uh, over here, looking at his savant data if it ever decides to load. Uh, he's, I don't know if I say he's disappointing, but it's, it's kind of weird to go back and see like barrel percentage and max exit velocity as a 23-year-old were so much higher than they are now. Uh, his launch angle has also significantly changed uh, over the past few years. It's back up this year, but uh, 19 and 20 were low. So he still barrels at 74%. His sprint speed's a 67. His chase is an 80. His walk percentage is 83. His average exit's only 53. His hard hits 54. His slugging, expected batting average, his K percentage. He's going to be a low contact player. Uh, you know, he is going to walk a lot. He's going to strike out a lot. Uh, when he does hit, though, it's quality content. He is an awful defender. <laughs> That's why you want to put him in left field and not center. I don't know if he would uh, profile any better if you put him in left, but for a team like the Indians, he gives you a, this is a team that's been willing to run out Domingo Santana and Eddie Rosario. Ian Happ's better than those two. Uh, Happ is a switch hitter, two-year uh, type of situation. I still think he's worth checking out in terms of the rest. I mean, the rest of this Cubs team is, it's rough. Like I'm sitting here looking at the, like, oh, maybe we could get bullpen help and like looking at Rowan Wick. Uh, if you don't remember Rowan Wick, that's fine. He has bounced around baseball. Uh, a lot. Now he had a 3.17 FIP last year, and his career FIP is a 2.95. Uh, his ex-FIP is significantly higher at 4.22 because he's always had a very low home run rate of 0.33. That is very low. Does not have hard contact. Walk rate's a little over 4. Strikeout rate is 9.99 for his career. Last year was 11.35, but the uh, walk percentage was over 5. Uh, ended up with uh, five saves for the Cubs, 
spent some time in uh, AAA, was worth 0.4 war. I don't know how much value he actually has, but uh, he wasn't, he was not bad. But that's the point where like Rowan Wick is, because uh, they're not trading Cody Hewer, who was really great. They're not trading Nick Madrigal. Those are guys who they still have so many years of control that can help build around. They're not going to trade Nico Horner. Patrick Wisdom doesn't fit with the Indians. So it really is Contreras, Hap, and maybe Rowan Wick. Uh, I mean, that's not even all that enticing, let's be honest. There's not, gosh, Rex Brothers, I didn't even think was still in baseball and he was part of their pen. That's that's the situation we are in with this Cubs team. They're going to be a very bad team next year. Uh, you know. And then the other thing I'll just keep bringing up, I think if trades happen, one of the things to look out for this Cleveland Indians team is They've traded away draft picks. They've never acquired extra ones. This feels like a time is now. Like that right now should be the time to go out and add a few more draft picks, uh, turning some of those prospects into more uh, chances, uh, more bites of the apple, as it were. We're going to take our second commercial break, come back and talk about some history. And now let's talk about our friends over at betonline.ag. You know BetOnline. I've been talking about them for feels like a year now, though it's not quite... They are your online sportsbook. Remember, when you go there, you want to use the promo code Locked On to get five zero fifty percent bonus on your first deposit. Uh, that is BetOnline.ag. You can go there and bet on anything. We've talked about you can bet on politics. You can bet on sports. They have casino uh, games. They have poker. Whatever it is you want, they have over at BetOnline.ag. And remember, it's a fifty percent bonus on your first deposit when you use that promo code Locked On. Football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the games start. Talked about Monday's podcast was on the day that the Indians last won a World Series 71 years ago uh, against uh, Boston Braves. Uh, today is actually the anniversary of the 1920 World Series victory in a nine-game series. The Indians win 5-2. to two. That's right. It was a nine-game series. Stan Kovaleski gets the win for the Indians' first World Series. So this is a this is a good week for the Indians' history. This is their two World Series wins. So just take a second and enjoy it. Uh, let, let's revel in the last two days being championship days. Ready? Okay, reveling done. Uh, the Rays have been eliminated. That stinks. I really don't like Boston. I also enjoy all the people who are like, hey, nerds lost. Does everyone forget that uh, the general manager of the Red Sox came from Tampa? That the general managers uh, of almost every other team left uh, got a start in Tampa. A lot of them came up with that team. The amount of people like running to slam nerds right now is humorous because it's just a sign of lack of intelligence by anyone you see doing that. Because again, the GM for the Red Sox came directly from the uh, the race. Uh, it's it was no matter what happened, the nerds were advancing and the nerds were losing. What does this mean for the Rays? Well, they're in an interesting situation, uh, just in terms of their own team figuring out how they want to go forward. Uh, this was, again, a very disappointing season for a team that played really well. There was a lot of ups and downs. This is probably the end of Kevin Kiermeyer in center field for them. Uh, you know, they have Brandon Lowe at second base. Wander Franco is going to be the shortstop. Meadows, I imagine, will still be in left. Nelson Cruz will leave DH. G-Man Choi will likely stay at first base. Randy Arrezarina will stay in right. Mike Zanino will probably still be a catcher. And then you'll have that third base platoon with Yandi and Wendell. Maybe Joey Wendell, you know, former Indians there. Um, 
So what that opens them up for in terms of needs is center fielder. Indians really can't help them there. After that, it moves to uh, the uh, DH position where they have their own internal options. Not like they really need uh, a DH. Um, and Manuel Margot can move into center field and they'll be fine. Uh, just kind of even looking at their injured list, it's it's a little bit crazy in terms of pitching. I mean, Chirinos, Glasnow, Beeks, Anderson, Connolly, Drake, Hunter, DJ Johnson, Colin Poche, Cody Reed, Chaz Rowe, Jeffrey Springs, Ryan Thompson. That's a lot of guys. Uh, they don't have any hitters, though. That's that's the upside for them. But, you know, just looking at, like, the guys in their 40-man, Josh Lowe is a really interesting prospect. Taylor Walls might be the best defensive shortstop in that organization. Mike Brosey was uh, very good for them last postseason. Videl Brujan you know, he'd be the top middle infield prospect for most teams. I do wonder, you know, Shane McClanahan was great. Shane Baz was fantastic. Uh, Drew Rasmussen was very solid. Colin McHugh was good. Do they consider adding pitching? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I don't know what they do. I honestly don't know what they do. And I also think it shows that sometimes like talent uh, isn't the end-all be-all. Like, they are a very talented, very deep team, one of the deepest in baseball. Uh, you know, I'm curious to just go deep in their minor league system and see. I mean, their roster crunch has to be almost as bad as the Indians. There's just no way that it isn't. They And I was also looking, what the heck? Lewis Head is on their 40-man? That was, when I saw that, that he was recalled from the minors and optioned to the minors. I was like, Louis Head, it can't be the same one who pitched in Cleveland, uh, was drafted way back as a 18th round pick in 2012. And it's like, no, that's him. Yeah, he made it to the big leagues with Tampa this year. When he left Cleveland, he pitched in rookie ball for LA in 2019. That's crazy to me. A lot of players you see come and go and had, you know, he wasn't on their postseason roster, but he pitched 35 innings for them. And they really are Cleveland South. They just take every cast off. Like, And I mentioned, they had a ton of players get hurt, so they were really digging deep. Good for Lewis Head. And that guy put in the time, and he, he got it. He he made it to the big leagues. I am very happy for him. I thought he had an outside chance of getting there a few times and he was in that Cleveland system, but good on Lewis Head. That's awesome. But yeah, this Rays team, they went out and made that big trade for Nelson Cruz. They had a very solid lineup. They called up Wander Franco, one of the top young players on the planet. That was like adding a premium trade asset there as well. Yeah, they need a center fielder. Uh, I, they're not going to spend, so they won't be in the Martes uh, uh, offseason grouping. And they're a team, I mean, honestly, they should trade for Mullins. Like, that should be their deal. They have the depth to go, go do it. They have the pieces. Uh, they also, like I said, there's no way they're not going to be under a 40-man crunch as a team because uh, they've been under one almost every single year anyways. Like, go use those assets. Go trade a few guys and go get uh, go get Cedric Mullins. That's, that's what needs to happen. This is the team that needs to go out and add Cedric Mullins because, I mean, I just look at them right now, and, yeah, they're... They're in need of, their crunch is probably as bad, if not worse, than Cleveland. I just don't know their system as well. But you go through and you look at the names and you consider their overall depth to begin with. And yeah, that, that, they should make that deal. Everything I've said about Cleveland applies here. Uh, could Cleveland and 
Uh, Tampa makes sense. Yes. And I mean, they have a history of trades. Uh, Joey Wendell, I still think could make sense as a trade. Uh, Ken did, he was not as good this year as he was the year before. He is a nice platoon for them with Yandi, but with, uh, want to see what Mike Brosey is. He a, he's a righty. So even that situation, it's like some of those guys, I know they don't necessarily need an infielder. There isn't a great fit for a trade. Let's just be honest with that. But yeah, it's just kind of fascinating to look at Tampa be like, man, they're out of the postseason again. And, you know, it's it, it just how weird the postseason is. Go and look at those losses. Those were weird games. Like, you can go and look at the Indians last year, how weird their two losses were that knocked them out. Uh, I It's why the Indians live and die with that idea of just make it. You never know what's going to happen, so you need to just make the postseason and again, go look at how weird that Tampa series was. Look at the extra innings. <laughs> look at the ups and downs and just the craziness of it all and realize, yeah, anything can happen in the postseason. Uh, the Indians approach is there for a reason. And, you know, hopefully it is interesting to see a lot of people online commenting like, well, they don't have any money committed. You know, maybe they'll go get Conforto. Well, I still think Conforto is going to get the qualifying offer. We'll see if I'm right or wrong there. But I also am very fascinated by this idea that we know for sure that this team is going to spend. I don't think we know that for sure. I don't think we know that at all. So that is why I am still sitting out there going, you know, Ian Happ, he's going to make four to five mil. He's going to make a little bit less than Rosario made. Maybe they can work something out there. I'm looking for those under the radar types and we'll continue to look at those types. We'll continue to dive in the history. Like we talked about today is another uh, anniversary date in the history of the franchise. It is, uh, what, 101 years since that first World Series victory now? Uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked Indians podcast. I want to thank you again for making Locked Indians your first listen. Uh, it is free and available on all podcast platforms. And go check out Locked On Cavs, Locked On Browns for some more great Cleveland content. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can follow the Locked On Indians Twitter or me at Jeff MLB Draft. And as we say now, go, go, Guardians, go.